This is Gramercy, the podcast that highlights the stories of those who live and work on the margins of society. I'm your host, Corey Millat. Thank you for coming on this journey with me. We did it. We've come to the end of our first season together. I'm so happy that you joined me. I genuinely enjoyed visiting with each of my guests and walked away from every encounter with a little bit more understanding than I had before I started. Since this is a learning journey, it only makes sense that I share what I learned these past three months. We do that in our family every time we finish a good book or watch a TED talk or read a good article. We like to sit around and talk about our biggest takeaways. So pretend you're in my living room. Make yourself comfortable. If you were here, I'd offer you a nice hot cup of tea, maybe a cookie or two. And then let's chat for a few minutes. And when we're finished, I'd love to hear your takeaways too. I'll put a link to my email in the show notes for you. It would mean the world to me if you would take a few minutes to jot down what you've enjoyed most or something new you learned that you didn't know previously or maybe what tugged your heartstrings the most during our time together while listening to these stories of immigrants and refugees. I'd have to say that for my guests this season, I learned that each person experiences and responds to discrimination unique to their personalities. Just one more thing we can't assume to know or understand. It's not fair to paint discrimination with broad brushstrokes. Some people choose to ignore it, while others choose to give people the benefit of the doubt and not read too much into it. And then there are still others who are left speechless and in tears, and they need time to process the aggressions against them. As allies, we can't presume to know how someone feels who experiences racism, nor can we tell them what to do about it. Our job is to stand with them. If they want to talk it through, listen. If they want to rage against the injustice, let them. If they want to give that person the benefit of the doubt, give them that freedom. If they want to march and protest and fight a system that allows continual injustices simply because of their skin color, support their efforts and work in unity. Let them lead the way. If they want to be kind to a person who just disrespected them, follow their lead and turn the other cheek next time you have the opportunity to do so. My assumptions were that all non-white people experienced discrimination of some sort and that it was devastating. I now realize that is a great overgeneralization. I have learned through this process that all people, despite their skin color, religion, country of origin, or proficiency of the English language, experience some type of discriminatory treatment. Every single person on this earth has experienced some type of cruel treatment at the hands of another. I don't want to minimize anyone's pain, but what I have learned is that the amount of cruelty people suffer tends to get magnified and is more consistent when that person is of a different religion, a different race, or a different ethnicity than the majority of the population. This is not unique to the United States either. It occurs in every country and community across the globe. Some have learned over time how to live in harmony with these differences. Others have heightened these differences to the extreme of committing genocide because of them. Here in the US, we need to learn how to communicate with our neighbor when they're different from us. We will all be better for learning to appreciate these differences instead of belittle them. 
Do you know that it was a Muslim gentleman who taught me about inclusion? I was a first-time teacher eight years ago. He told me that people can't help what culture and religion they are born into. That is why we must accept everyone. He was the most kind, generous, funny, happy man. He defied the stereotype I had in my head about what Muslims were like. I know I've said it before, but it's true. I learned way more from my students than I ever taught. They opened my worldview one person at a time. They were so gracious to me. I have since vowed to be that in return to all people I meet. Once you've been touched by love and grace, you can't help but share it with those around you. What I've learned from all the immigrants and refugees who allowed me to share their stories in this first season of my podcast is that the people who are viewed by society as marginalized, poor, or downtrodden are actually quite rich in the things that matter most. Forgiveness, optimism, friendships, love, generosity, hope, joy, and a boundless drive to achieve. Many of them have been to the very bottom, have experienced great suffering, and yet they've come back from these depths with gifts of character, strength of purpose, mind, a strength of conviction and selflessness, a desire to give more of themselves to those who have even less than they do. This has truly humbled me. I'm still processing this. It causes me great self-reflection and what I consider to be my trials and hardships. Do I handle them with this magnitude of forgiveness or grace or kindness? Or, or do I choose the easy path of victimhood and blame, rejection, cynicism, and despair? This new perspective is going to make me think twice before I allow these negative feelings to rise to the surface. I will forever have T and her story lodged in my heart and how she chooses every day to be strong. Yes, T, it is a choice. Thank you for that reminder. Josh from episode 14 kindly asked me why I referred to someone as an illegal immigrant. This was after we stopped recording and he was kind enough to say, can I ask you a simple question? After he asked it, I had to admit that I didn't have a reason. It was just what I'd always heard. So it was the first thing that came to my mind. I genuinely had no idea it was an offense. Through this process, I have now learned to refer to these immigrants as undocumented or people without status. I honestly thought that I was enlightened because I already knew it was dehumanizing to call them illegal aliens. We don't know what we don't know. I needed Josh to call me out on this so I could show everyone that growth is a process. No matter how well-intentioned you are or how woke you think you are, there's always more to learn. Learning and changing your way of thinking takes time. Willingness to be humble and then admit when you get it wrong or use offensive language and just have the ability to say, I used to think this, but I've come to learn that I was wrong and I apologize. It's also a beautiful example of Josh being an ally to his undocumented immigrant friends. Since he's witnessed how this affects and hurts his friends, he speaks up so that they don't have to. And he was also very gracious about it. He was not confrontational. He just asked a simple question. I want to learn to be an ally like that. Thank you for that lesson, Josh. To be honest, when I first started sending out emails and calling people to see if they would be interested in sharing their stories with me, I thought I would have more people than I knew what to do with. That sounds silly now. I never even got responses from some of the emails I sent out. 
So few people were willing to share their stories. I assumed that given the opportunity, people would jump at the chance. Even in this, I learned a valuable lesson. Not everyone is comfortable telling a complete stranger their story. Not everyone is ready to share their story just because they are asked. Sometimes that's the only thing someone has left that's theirs, and it's too valuable to let go of. I had to learn to respect that. I learned to accept that when people are ready to share their life experiences, they will. Just one more way I was showing my entitlement. I wanted interviews. I should have them. Not so. It was very, very hard work to get each interview I featured on this podcast. Hard work keeps you honest, humble, and driven. I'm learning to let go of my privilege and ego one day at a time. If the people I met this season can overcome extraordinary challenges, work through seemingly impossible situations, and then rise to meet insurmountable odds, who am I not to learn from them and to do the same? I spoke with three refugees this season, two of whom came from refugee camps. Sadly, I think we've become desensitized to refugee camps and the horrible conditions people are forced to live under because they were forced to flee their homeland for their lives. In fact, 79.5 million people have been forcibly displaced from their homeland, according to the UNHCR, as of 2019. Remember Mohammed Malim, my guest in episode 5, who started the company Epimonia? His website is a wealth of information about refugees. I encourage you to check it out. Actually, I have a link in the show notes to the page on his blog where I cite these following statistics from. On it, he lists the top seven reasons for displacement. They are, one, persecution. It could be racial, religious, political, or social. The second reason is war, as we've witnessed in the news from places like Syria, Somalia, Afghanistan, and Iraq. The third reason is climate change. This might surprise you, but the UNHCR estimates that in 2018, 16.1 million people were displaced by weather-related disasters and hazards that were precipitated by climate change. Let that sink in. This is only going to get worse. The fourth reason is because of violations of human rights. This most often occurs when wealthy and powerful people become corrupt government agents who then stop supporting the social structures that provide for the poor of society. The fifth reason is poverty. This is also tied to governmental inadequacy, ineptitude, and greed. The sixth reason is hunger most often due to drought, corruption, and political instability. And then the last reason for displacement is surprisingly gender and sexual orientation. 77 countries impose a death sentence on someone solely for their sexual orientation. So the more we educate ourselves about why so many people are fleeing and seeking asylum outside their borders, the more understanding, helpful, empathetic and welcoming we can be when they show up in our cities and towns. They need our compassion, not our fear-based ignorance, opinions, or judgments. I am indebted to the women at the Lawyer Lady Law Firm for all that they taught me. I'd always been uncomfortable when people would say things about immigrants that I knew were untrue, but I just did not have an adequate response to counter these untruths. 
So now, thanks to Autumn, Rocio, and Carla, I am informed and armed with statistics. But even more importantly, I have met actual people who defy and debunk these myths. They are living, breathing statistics. Those relationships are more powerful than numbers. They are proof of what Carla mentioned about how immigrants actually benefit the U.S. economy financially with a net profit of $80 billion. How they pay taxes even when many don't have social security numbers and how they start businesses and hire locally. I'm excited that I now have the ability to offer a counter-narrative to those who are so quick to think the worst of our refugee and immigrant friends. I've also learned that most often doing the right thing and the hard thing are one and the same. Following your convictions might not be applauded by everyone. Do it anyways. It has been said that integrity is doing the right thing when no one else is watching. That type of character rises from the depths of who you are and shapes your choices and actions. Listen to it. Follow it. It is the voice of love, even if it is the lone voice among many dissenting ones. You might be asking yourself, what now? What am I supposed to do after hearing all these stories? I'm just one person. I can't do much to make a difference. At least that's what I've been saying to myself all these years. My heart would break with each new story I would hear on the news about the Syrian refugees or the boats full of people from Tunisia desperately attempting to make it to Lesbos in the middle of the night, or maybe even the Central American children being held in cages at the southern border. It's too much to bear, my heart would tell me. You can't help everyone, my mind would scream. Then I heard Krista Tippett speak of compassion fatigue while listening to her On Being podcast and instantly knew that is what I was feeling. There are just so many horrible stories out there. How can we pick and choose who to give our compassion to? I'm giving money to that organization and volunteering over here at this one. I'm emotionally caught up in the stories I hear and read daily in the news. It's just so overwhelming. This podcast is not meant to overwhelm you, and I sincerely apologize if it has. What I do hope, however, is that these stories bring greater awareness to your life, and with that awareness, you're more open to those needs around you when you see them. I hope these inspiring stories encourage you to tap into your own wellspring of inner strength the next hardship you encounter. I wish that the next time you pass someone who looks different from you, that you offer the kindness of a genuine smile. There is a quote that has stayed with me all these years from one of my all-time favorite movies called The Power of One. Basically, it is about fighting apartheid in South Africa. One character struggles internally about whether or not he can help make a difference. Then he remembers what a wise friend once told him. He said, any question you ever have, the answer you will find in nature. The main character seeks out nature to help him. During his time of solitude, he sees a majestic waterfall and comes to the realization that a waterfall starts with just one drop of water. Isn't that simply beautiful? That is what I was thinking when I started this podcast. We are each just one drop of water. But when we each actively try to show more compassion in this world, our collective efforts will produce a revolution of kindness. And that's the beauty of the whole thing all of us working together for the greater good. Has this podcast been successful? I guess that depends on your definition of success. 
Are you a success only if others recognize your achievements? My son Bennett told me that his definition of success is whether or not you made today better than yesterday. Did you learn something new? Did you fail and grow from it? Did you help somebody? Using those as my parameters, then yes, Gramercy was a wild success. I grew from my interactions with each person I interviewed. I learned from the multitude of rejections I received while requesting interviews. And I hope I helped people by giving each person a platform to share their story. I am now a better version of the person I was when I started this venture. I hope you feel the same way too. Let's continue to grow, learn, and evolve together. If you're interested in going deeper and continuing your learning journey, there are a plethora of books to turn to. Here are just a few that I've read and would recommend. American Dirt by Janine Cummins. The Ungrateful Refugee by Nina Nayeri. The Devil's Highway by Luis Alberto Urrera. The Translator by Daoud Hari. The Line Becomes a River by Francisco Cantu. Of Beetles and Angels by Maui Asgedem. The Distance Between Us by Reina Grande. Where the Wind Leads by Vin Chung. Would you like to learn what season two will be about and when it will be released? Then become a subscriber. You can subscribe by visiting Gramercy.us. Scroll to the bottom of the page and click the yellow subscribe button. If you have questions or comments for me or know of someone who would love to share their story, I would really enjoy hearing from you. Feel free to reach out via my email address at corey at gramercy.us. You can also find all of the books, instructions for subscription, and my email address in the show notes. I'd like to end with my favorite quote that I heard during the course of this season. I genuinely appreciated each quote from every guest, but this one has stayed with me throughout it all. It is the poem by Emily Dickinson. If I can stop one heart from breaking, I shall not live in vain. If I can ease one life the aching, or cool one pain, or help one fainting robin into its nest again, I shall not live in vain. Until next season, I'll see you down the road.